Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, JC, flying the submarine from the side window. I have to get used to the, the, the backwardness of how this works. So if you're watching us on YouTube, which I hope you are, uh, you can see us in our beautiful studio. JC is working really, really hard to make this a top-notch kind of operating program so it doesn't look all mom and pop on y'all. <laughs> and if you notice, my voice is getting a little better. Uh, we've not been yelling so much uh, in church. <laughs> and no, we're not yelling at the pastor. But we are uh, shouting, and it's been a lot of fun. Life-changing week at the minister's and Leaders Conference here in Tampa. But I have a great show planned for you today. I hope it's a great show. It's a first and, uh, well, I don't know, due process show. Yeah. First yeah. Amendment due process. I was going to say Fourth Amendment, but it's just a whole lot more than just Fourth Amendment. Yeah, I think and, so. and you uh, you just, you already talked a bit on uh, about one. Right. Uh, one story uh, uh. I'm falling. Um, <laughs> You uh yeah on on uh, PBM yes our, our friends at Police Brutality Matters yeah we did uh, that on Sunday Joe so former yesterday. NYPD officer who uh, works on police accountability issues right so that that turned out really well yeah yeah you might want to back off the camera there Jason I will I, I, I'm gonna back <laughs> the camera off of me so I don't fall so I want to start off because um. We had America Day at our Ministers and Leaders Conference here in Tampa. And something that I just totally love, a writing by Benjamin Franklin, you know, was brought back to my attention. And I want to share it with you today because it's something that's really, really, uh, it really, really touches me. And I think that it will touch you too. And I want you to see what it's all about. Uh, so many of you know about the Gadsden flag. And so what we're, I want to read to you what Benjamin Franklin wrote about the Gadsden flag. Man, I didn't mean to cover your eye there with that graphic. Now you're oh, going to no. be all, oh, it's the Illuminati. Illuminati. So the, um, the uh, following letter is in the Pennsylvania Journal on December 27, 1775, by, written under the pseudonym a, An American Guesser. G-U-E-S-S-E-R. Uh, and Franklin loved to write under pseudonyms. Many believe, many, I think that it's pretty much well-founded that Franklin wrote this. And he says, 
I observed on one of the drums belonging to the Marines now raising, there was painted a rattlesnake with this modest motto under it, don't tread on me. I'm already getting choked up because I know where he's going. I'm such a sap. As, it, as I know it is custom to have some device on the arms of every country, I suppose this may have been intended to be the arms of America. And as if I have nothing to do with public affairs and my time is perfectly my own. <laughs> Franklin's a funny guy. None of my business. None of my business. But I'm going to tell you how I feel. <laughs> In order to divert an idle hour, I sat down to guess what could have been intended by this uncommon device. I took care, however, to consult on this occasion a person who is acquainted with heraldry, from whom I learned that it is a rule among the learned of that science that the worthy properties of an animal in the crest born shall be considered, and that the base ones cannot have been intended, he likewise informed me, that the ancients considered the serpent as an emblem of wisdom, and in a certain attitude of endless duration, both which circumstances, I must suppose, had been in view. Having gained this intelligence, and recollecting that countries are sometimes represented by animals peculiar to them, it occurred to me that the rattlesnake is found in no other quarter of the world besides America and may therefore have been chosen on that account to represent her. But then the worldly properties of a snake, I judged, would be hard to point out. This rather raised then suppressed my, my curiosity and having frequently seen the rattlesnake, I ran over in my mind every property by which she was distinguished not only from other animals, but from those of the same genus or class of animals, endeavoring to fix some meaning to each, not wholly inconsistent with the common sense. And now listen, this is important. He says, I recollect that her eye excelled in brightness, that of any other animal she has no eyelids. She may therefore be esteemed an emblem of vigilance. She never begins an attack, nor once engaged, ever surrenders. She is therefore an emblem of magnanimity and true courage. As if anxious to prevent all pretensions of quarreling with her, the weapons with which nature has furnished her, she conceals in the roof of her mouth, so that those who are unacquainted with her, she appears to be a most defenseless animal. And even when those weapons are shown and extended for her defense, they appear weak and contemptible, but their wounds, however small, are decisive and fatal. Conscious of this, she never wounds till she has generously given notice even to her enemy and has cautioned him against the danger of treading on her. Was I wrong, sir, in thinking that this strong picture of temper and conduct of America? The poison of her teeth is necessary is, a, is the necessary means of digesting her food, and at the same time is certain destruction to her enemies. This may be understood to intimate those things which are destructive to our enemies, but may be to us not only harmless, but absolutely necessary to our existence. I confess I was wholly at a loss of what to make of the rattles till I went back and counted them and found just thirteen. Exactly the number of colonies united in America. And I recollected too that this was only part of the this was the only part of the snake 
that increased in numbers. Perhaps it might be only fancy, but I conceded that the painter had shown a half-formed additional rattle, which I suppose may have been intended to represent the providence of Canada. Tis curious and amazing to observe how distinct and independent each of the other rattle each other the rattles of this animal are, and yet how firmly they are united together, so as never to be separated but by breaking them to pieces. Once those rattles singly is incapable one I'm sorry, one of those rattles is singly incapable of producing sound, but the ringing of the thirteen together is a sufficient alarm to the boldest man living. The rattlesnake is solitary and associates with her kind only when it comes necessary for their preservation. In winter, the warmth of a number together will preserve their lives, while singly they would probably perish. The power of fascination attributed to her by a generous construction may be understood to mean that those who consider the liberty and the blessings which America affords and once come to ho over to her, never afterwards leave her, but spend their lives with her. She strongly resembles America in this, that she is beautiful in youth, and her beauty increases with her age. Her tongue also be blue and forked as the lightning, and her abode is among, among impenetrable rock. Very cool. I think that's, sorry, I think that is just amazing. Benjamin Franklin was such a brilliant writer. But can you imagine, J.C., the inspiration that came to that regiment of Marines that went ahead and, and first used this symbol of the rattlesnake and the words, don't tread on me. Yes, yeah, apparently the first Marine battle flag. Yes. Some people try to accuse it like, oh, this is racist and white supremacist. No, this originated with U.S. Marines. Yes. With American Marines. Which I think I, I mentioned Joe, our friend Joe. I should have said Joe and Marie. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Marie was a Marine. Yes. I, yeah, I believe you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. So I want to talk to you today about a First Amendment issue first that is coming up in the headlines and I hate to be the bearer of bad news but this is not the clear-cut case that you're being taught that it is I'm not trying to to to, to I don't know to, to lessen the gravity of the situation but JC you'll remember there's a there is a saying that we have in law especially in constitutional law Bad facts make bad law. And of all the cases that, that we had to choose to bring about the point that's being made all across America, I have to believe that this was not the wisest of cases. And I'm talking about uh, Wood et al. B. Uh, v. Arnold. And this case is about a school district that has required a student to, how do I put this, to do homework 
on um, understanding the tenets of Islam. And I say that very, very carefully because the way this is being presented simply isn't accurate. And I have to believe that it's somewhat inflammatory in nature. The subject matter itself is inflammatory. But remember, I am always telling you, JC's always telling you, when government is given the directive and the permission to engage in the, in the teaching of the Christian religion, you have to allow them all. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, and we're going to get into this very important First Amendment issue. Now, I want to be very clear about setting the standard here. This is a public high school, and in a public high school, we must understand, first and foremost, that public school students do not surrender their rights when they walk into the classroom. And that's something that we need to understand because a lot of students and a lot of teachers don't get this. They simply don't get this. And um, you, if let me put it to you this way. If your school allows you to wear t-shirts with Pokemon, with Superman, with some rock band on it, then you must be also allowed to wear a t-shirt with Jesus or some scripture or some worship wear. There is a firm distinction between a student issuing, uh, uh, wearing a, a worship wear ish, uh, uh, t-shirt and a teacher forcing someone to... Um, convert to faith, okay? So that's a really, really important issue that we must distinguish. So the difference is between the government actor, the teacher, and the student. So students have rights. And unfortunately, we, d we forget that when you become a teacher in a schoolroom, you be in a public school, you become a government actor, and so by becoming a government actor, you don't get to exercise the same kind of liberty a, a student would a student or a regular citizen would exercise in your classroom. That's just something that you have to accept if you're going to be a public school teacher. Bottom line. All right. So I want to share with you the facts of this case. Uh, Wood v. Arnold. Now, Wood is the student, Kaylee Wood, 
And Everlyn Arnold is, uh, and Shannon Morris are the administrators of the school. One is the principal, one is an administrator. And don't ask me which is which, because I really don't think it's important in this situation. So during the 2014 and 2015 school year, Wood was an 11th grade student at La Plata High School, a public high school in Charles County, Maryland. Arnold, okay, so it's going to tell us, Arnold was La Plata's principal. Morris was an employee of the school's vice principals. As an 11th grade student, Wood was required to take a world history course, which is part of the school's social study curriculum. The year-long course covered the time periods from 1500 to present. Present. I'm not quite sure how you can cover that much history in, in one semester, but nonetheless it did. So among the topics were the Renaissance and Reformation, enlightened periods, the Industrial Revolution, World War I, and World War II. The topics were divided into separate units, with each unit generally being taught over a period of 10 to 20 days. Now, the smallest union of world history course, encompassing only five days, was entitled The Muslim World. As a part of the Muslim World unit, Wood's teacher presented the students with a PowerPoint slide entitled Islam Today, which contrasted peaceful Islam with radical fundamental Islam. The slide contained the statement, and this is the part that, that most people will find most offensive. The slide said, most Muslims' faith is stronger than the average Christian. And that was, that, was, that was one of the statements. Most Muslims' uh, was, uh, faith is stronger than the average uh, Christian. Now, the school's content specialist testified that the use of comparative faith statement was inappropriate, and he would have advised the teacher who was considering teaching the statement not to do that. Now, when we get back from the break, I'm going to show you where the second part of the contention comes from. As arrogant men tear up our constitution, and from every direction, we cry around. You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. Don't forget to get your Liberty First gear. We've got Liberty First, Liberty Matters, the Women of Real Courage and uh, series. Uh, look at those t-shirts. Look at those leggings. How awesome is that? We also have our Right to Keep and Bear Arms t-shirt and, and lots of great stuff. So go to ChrisAnnHall.com, get your Liberty First gear, support the Liberty First in, uh, ministry and help us keep this radio show going. JC will give you in the final segment some information on how you can continue to support us in that as well. Now, I want to give you a caveat because 
I, I'm, I'm not defending the courts. I'm not defending what happened here. I'm just giving you a factual background, okay? Uh, uh, just, just to be clear, all right? So we have this comparative analysis of, of Christianity and Islam, which we know is just simply not appropriate, right? And so um, here's the thing that really got bad. The student was also required to complete a worksheet summarizing the lesson on Islam. The worksheet addressed such topics as growth and expansion of Islam, the beliefs and practices of Islam, and they had to complete a fill-in-the-blank of, of certain information comprising the five pillars of Islam. Now here's the fill-in-the-blank thing. Included in the assignment was the statement, there is no God but blank, and Muhammad is the blank of Allah, under listing the five pillars of Islam, right? Mm -hmm. So you had to, student had to fill in the term Allah, there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And, they, and the students and the parents uh, alleged that because this statement, she had to fill in these blanks, that this was an attempt to convert her to Islam. She did, or the student, he or she, I don't remember, the student did not have to get up in class and repeat this statement. There was no requirement to stand up in the class and recite this. It was a fill-in-the-blank as a worksheet for understanding the five pillars of Islam. Here's where it totally jumps off the rails, where I tell you about bad facts, bad make, bad law. The father of this child loses all composure when the worksheet is brought home. Now, the PowerPoint was completely wrong. I'm just going to say that right there. The PowerPoint was wrong. And, and if you're going to get concerned about the, the uh, it, you know, we have, all, we have Christians demanding that Christianity be taught as an historical perspective, historically accurate, then you cannot deny the historical accuracy in teaching of other religions. If you don't want the historical aspect of, of, of Islam taught, then you can't require the historical um, uh, you can't require the historical aspect of Christianity either. It's a public school. Sure. Otherwise, that would be discriminating one religion over another. But the father loses his mind. Teach both or teach none. Teach both teach or teach them, none. Teach them accurately. Teach them accurately, right? So we all agree that the slide was wrong. Even the school agrees that the slide was wrong. Because that wasn't that wasn't a fact about religion. No. That was somebody's opinion. That was in a comparative analysis by fact. the teacher, right? Being taught which, as fact, which was a slur against the Christian. Right, religion. exactly. But the parents, I mean, that was only part. I mean, they really, the guy really lost his mind over this fill in the blank thing. The shahada. Right. So he loses his mind. And he threatens the school on social media. He posts the form on social media and says, I'm going to show up to that school and I'm going to, I'm, you know, I mean, in not so, in, in much more colorful words, I'm going to make a disturbance. Mm -hmm. And then he says something, and I wish I could find the statement here. 
Maybe I can search it and find it. But he makes the statements that 556 isn't, doesn't tolerate Islam. It kills them. Referencing the ammunition, 556, right? The five, you know what I'm, ARs, right? And he goes on this tirade, says, I'm going to go show up at graduation assembly and I'm going to turn this thing into confetti at the graduation. Okay? So, the school files a restraining order against him, telling him he can't go on campus. Mm-hmm. Well, the lawsuit alleges that they discriminated against him in that restraining order, contrary to his right to freedom of speech, because he was voicing his, his distaste mm-hmm. over the assignment. So you see where this problem comes in. Mm-hmm. Bad facts make bad law, okay? And and to to make these kind of statements on social media that you're going to show up, you're going to disrupt the school, you're going to make a scene, and then you even make reference to ammunition and and killing people of the faith of Islam, you're going to have trouble. <laughs> right? Right? The First Amendment allows freedom of speech up into the point that you harm or control the right of another. You cannot endanger the, the, what's going on at the school. If he had just simply posted this on Facebook and said, Hey, this is wrong. I want to talk to the school. We need to talk about this. You know, uh, this is a problem. And I'm going to go sit down with the principal, and we're going to chat this out. Let me ask you something about the rights of the student. If, if, and I'm, you know, I see this clearly. Uh, it's the, the Shahada is part of the five pillars yes. of Islam. Reciting Shahada is five pillars of Islam, and obviously this was, a, a, you know, an accurate uh-huh. uh, wording of that and fill in the blank. So if I, as a student, right, not a hey, if I say this makes me uh, a Muslim. Uh, if I'm just bothered on religious, I don't, I don't want to fill. I don't want to. I don't want to fill in these blanks. Right. I, I, I object to this on religious grounds. I mean, don't I have a legitimate right to do that? Would I not have a religi- legitimate right to do that? I mean, well, yeah, a, I, yeah. I may, okay. I may get that wrong. They may mark it right. incorrect. But, but to force, like you force the kid to do it, then you have this. Um, what do they call that? You have this debriefing right. session. It's just it's yeah. So that's so what where is the they right that's, of the students that's where say? they went off the rails. Okay, the student said, "Look, this is contrary to my religious beliefs. I cannot, I cannot be involved in this, and so I'm not going to be able to be involved in this." And he opted out. He he, and and we we hear about this with. Uh, you know, in science classes, I can't dissect the frog because I'm a tree hugger and that sort of thing. Well, fine, then you miss the grade because this is a this is an academic uh, environment. It's content neutral. We're teaching this as well as we're teaching that, and you're you're free to exercise your religious belief, but you have to understand that this is part of your grade. Yeah. Now, uh, the debriefing part is the part that's wrong. You leave the student alone, right? Okay, fine. You don't need, and that's where the school went too far. Well, I can tell you, I'm not filling. I'm not filling it in. So to teach 
to teach the five pillars of Islam. Because, I mean, I took that in college, you know, the five pillars of Islam. Mm-hmm. Islam. I'm going to study, study religion, and I know the Shahada. Um, so if you want to say the Shahada is part of that, this is what the Shahada says. Right. And you write that out, and you show me, and that's fine. And if, and if I want to, you know, say I have a multiple choice of picking, is this the Shahada? Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Okay, A, is the well, Shahada. But to fill it in, yeah. and, you know, the only true God is blank, no, I'm not writing that. I'm not putting all on that. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just not going to do it. I think it's. I think that's actually. I know I'm not anti-Islam. The, right. I'm just. That's. Not, yeah. I would not like if you said uh, Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Right. I. To me, it wouldn't be appropriate to make a Muslim right. fill right. in the blank right. for that. So by the same token, I'm not going to do that. If I'm right. that kid, I'm not doing it. Right. Right. And that's the issue here. The problem is the father made such a spectacle of himself. It made it very difficult for the court to separate these issues out. And that's why I say bad facts make bad law. So now you've got a situation where you've got this case hanging out and the Supreme Court has denied certiorari. They're not even going to hear it. And this is the bad thing now. You've got this precedent established because you've got bad facts make bad law. And and now the schools, because the, the, the Fourth Circuit says this is content neutral, we teach uh, Christianity from a historical perspective, we teach it accurately, which they probably don't, but nonetheless, that's what they say. No, it's evident. I mean, to me, it's evident in the PowerPoint thing, the, yeah. the debriefing, the, right. the, the brainwashing, yeah. you know, attack and slurs. Yeah against Christians is obviously a bias there. Yeah, no, there's, so there I, is absolutely a bias. So the problem I have, right, because is the belligerent, uh, the sort of belligerent response of the school. Yeah. Okay, this is religion, and this is a core, you know, a core aspect. Freedom of religion is a core aspect of who we are as Americans. So when a student says, I don't feel comfortable right. doing that because of my uh, religious beliefs, you sh- you shouldn't come with an attitude of oh you idiot and then we're gonna force you and we're gonna right. we're gonna, we're gonna pile no that's on. that's you totally be that is totally like, okay, wrong Johnny we we understand that and um, this is why the court should have, we see courts do this all the time courts separate out these issues yeah. no there was no discrimination against the father for trespassing because he was a real jerk okay but forcing the student to do this is contra- contrary to their religious beliefs is wrong and then the debriefing afterwards is a violation of their rights and this is something that we uh we have to get a grip on now let me just clearly tell you this is reason 375,496 well, why my son will never be in a public school. Amen. And if you're a Christian parent who has that kind of passion about Christian beliefs, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be insulting, but you got no business having your child in a in a public school because you're teaching your child the way of Caesar, not the way of God. And you've got to expect this is going to happen. Seriously. Get a grip. If you're that mad, why are they still there? Seriously. So when we get back from the break, I want to tell you, talk to you about how local law enforcement is now going to be hiring foreign officers to do police work.
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Don't forget, go to libertyfirstuniversity.com and get your most excellent college uh, education on the Constitution. Education worthy of highest institutions of learning, but they're not teaching it. Taught as if the founders themselves were. We do better than the colleges. We don't give degrees. We give an education. So I want to get to this story because this is really, really, really alarming to me. Local police departments are complaining that nobody wants to be law enforcement anymore. Imagine that. <laughs> and so what they're going to do is start hiring non-citizens to become cops. This article comes from uh, Law Enforcement Times. It was also in U.S. Law Enforcement Today. Law Enforcement Today. It also comes from USA Today. Uh, and, and this is absolutely crazy. Now, let's be clear. We're not talking about hiring people who are in a country illegally, but people with green cards who can legally work in America. The police departments want, are starting to let green card holders become law enforcement officers. These are people who have come to America from communist countries, from people who live in countries where officers are by law allowed to violate people's rights because they don't have our standard of constitution and individual liberty. Not only that, they're looking for people with green cards who have foreign military experience, JC. Yeah. What could go wrong there? Ooh, I can tell you some stories in Haiti from Haiti. About Seriously. <laughs> so you're going to get some... Haitian police officers. No, I'm talking about the UN police officers. All right, but UN police officers Haitians. against Haitians. So, so now if you're a, Although, a, a we UN, know about the Haitian yeah, police officers yeah. against their own people. Right, exactly. Well, they're trained up by the UN. Right. Okay. So US. now you got United Nations trained police officers who are qualified under this under this qualification to come now to enforce the laws of our land. We have such a problem today. I mean, we've always had a problem with officers who abuse their authority. But we're beginning to see more of it now because of body cams and, and people have cameras and, and, you know, you have, you know, cameras all over the place, right, on sides of buildings and stuff. So we're seeing this more often. But I cannot even imagine what would happen when you bring foreigners in who have no concept of individual rights, no training in liberty, our officers do not get constitutional training. I don't know how many times I have to repeat that. And look, don't text me. Don't put send me messages over Instagram about or Facebook about your academic, yeah, academy hours. About the two <laughs> days that you spent learning the Constitution. Okay, don't tell me about that because you weren't taught the right things if you were taught anything at all. I know what we teach in law school about the Constitution, and that takes an entire year, and it's not even accurate. So don't give me your messages about, we taught it, you're wrong, in my academy we taught it. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Can I say that again? No, you didn't. And I believe that if we taught our officers, 
and our leadership in law enforcement that their primary number one duty, get ready with the organ, primary number one duty well, is to secure the rights of the people not to enforce the law. Amen. And when the law violates the rights of the people because of the oath that they took, they have a duty to not enforce that law. Period. I'm tired of people saying, oh, well, it's not my job to determine what's lawful and what's not lawful. You know, I'm just here to enforce the law. That garbage didn't work in Nuremberg, so I'm not quite sure why it works on the streets of Boston, Brooklyn, Harlem, or L.A., or Fresno, for that matter, yeah. where Fresno is off the chain, man. Sit, sit in the back of the bus and shut up. It's the law. I don't get to decide what's right and wrong, so sit in the back of the bus. And if you don't sit in the back of the bus, I'm going to arrest you, and I'm going to spray you with a water hose and attack my, send my attack dog on you. Yeah. That's not America, people, yeah, but that robot. is foreign countries. That is foreign countries. You're going to bring these people in who have visual and physical life experience with this combined with the fact that they're not going to be taught what's right and what's wrong. And now you're going to have even bigger problems because they won't have accountability either. How are you going to prosecute someone with a green card? This is, this is the end of due process on the local level in America. And we need to get involved and stop it. God bless you guys. See you next time.